podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm Paul Doolan, joined as always on the phone by Dave Watson. Hello, Dave. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? It's I'm much better good. without that Fergus prick, isn't it? It is. I feel like we've really got in the stride now. The last thing we need would be for him to pipe up. Hey, guys, me, Fergus. <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> Welcome also on the phone live from Canada, Fergus Craig. How are you? I'm so good. Yeah, I'm really good, yeah. It's, it's just really good to like get some perspective on things, you know, be away from for a while have, and realise what's important in life. Have you found yourself yet? <laughs> no. No, I can't find myself anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Now, it's really cold. It's really cold. Like everyone. Shut up. No, everyone said that, but it's fucking cold. (laughs) It's really cold. (laughs) How cold are we talking? Well, like today. And genuinely, this is like, oh, it's it's, um, a bit warmer today. It's minus 15. Nice. That's a bit warmer. I'm currently sat in what has to be the hottest room in the world. (laughs) Coming just after the Arsenal podcast, and as they opened the door, like a wave of PE fumes hit me. Mm. There's a musk in here you could cut. (laughs) Beautiful. You want to spray spray some Lynx Africa in there? It's the only thing (laughs) missing from that sensory flashback of PE. Talking about sensory flashbacks, did anybody yes. actually watch the game? I did. Did you? Uh, I watched yeah. it as well. I fell asleep for most of the game. <laughs> I was asleep. <laughs> what time was it over there for you watching it? It was. Uh, it was. It was like midday. Oh, My right. son was so having no, a nap, no excuse so I, I lay, No, I laid on the couch and watched it, and just kept on drifting off. Yeah, I think that's the sort of level of excitement. I have about Newcastle games at the minute as well. Yeah, it's it, it wasn't exactly one to get the pulses racing, was it? No. Well, I'd already I was already very prepared for a loss, so it didn't matter. Yeah, hmm. I think that's largely the same. Did you, so presumably you didn't have BT Sports to watch it on, Fergus? No, no, they have different channels here. So you would have missed Rio Ferdinand. Oh, right. I've seen all about Rio Ferdinand. Yeah. And, I mean, Let's get I've seen like a couple of little... The game. Are we going to do Rio Ferdinand? That's the big news That's this weekend, really, isn't it? Him and Richard yeah. Keyes. Oh, yeah, Richard Keyes as well. The thing well, is, um, they're journalists. They've got the facts at hand. And I think we have to, <laughs> we have to seriously listen to what they're saying. Well, I know you're the host now, Paul, so um, you'll do a very good job of... Um, Reminding everyone listening what exactly happened and then perhaps me and Dave can comment on it. Yeah, I mean, I think Dave should probably (laughs) remind us of exactly what happened. Rio Ferdinand basically defended Mike Ashley saying he's put £50 million of his own money in, which isn't true, and that we should be grateful. We should be grateful that Mike Ashley got uh, Rafa Benitez in. Which he didn't. um, Which he didn't. Um, we should be grateful that he put fifty million pounds of his own money in, which he which didn't. He didn't. Um, and and also this this um, to be fair to Jake Humphrey, he wasn't he, he wasn't uh, 
he wasn't letting Rio Ferdinand get away with a lot. In fact, he opened it with uh, Newcastle fans are saying that um, the reason that you're supportive of Mike Ashley is because you've got a business uh, relationship with him, to which Rio Ferdinand laughed. But um, but I think, that, I mean, Rio Ferdinand's been a decent pundit on, on a wide range of subjects. So for him to be so, so far from reality Fact. on this yeah. subject it, it does bear um further scrutiny yeah but then so he's he said that and it was i mean it's laughable and you, you kind of expect it from people like dennis wise or i mean even someone like craig bellamy or so you know somebody who clearly doesn't give a shit but just when but he says guy, something laughable you think that's going to be quite hard to top out comes richard keys with one of yeah. the weirdest arguments I've ever heard, <laughs> saying that if Rafa Benitez is so upset about not getting backed, he should put some of his own money in to sign players. Yeah. If Benitez loves Newcastle as much as he says he does, he'd buy the players himself. He's not short of a bob or two. It's a good right. point. <laughs> I mean, it's a great point. Hell. This is a guy who's had an entire career off the back of giving opinions on football and this has got to be the singularly stupidest thing yeah. I've heard a pundit say about uh, football imagine it's how mental. weird training would be if you've got all the clubs players and then one player there who's the managers who <laughs> 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 isn't, isn't owned by the football club so I know that's but Rafa Benitez is Rafa Benitez is not short of a bob or two true compared sure, to like the average Citizen, yeah, but, oh, right. okay. but let's right, for us, like for us to get a Premier League standard striker, I'm pretty sure his entire net worth wouldn't cover that. And even if it would, it that would be it. Work. That'd be over. They'd be like having to explain. It would be having to explain to his wife. <laughs> We're having soup well, again. Because of that striker who's living does he in the get spare to take room. Him home after the after the match, does he like? Does he does he does he get to keep him? Like it's bizarre. It's fucking. Oh, by the way, love. This is Miguel Almiron. He's going to be living with us now. It's fucking but weird. One thing I learned from this uh, weekend saga with Rio was that I didn't realise that Rafa. Um, Hadn't been approached by Mike Ashley. Supposedly, Rafa yeah. Benitez approached Mike Ashley. Ashley. He approached yeah, which the is, club. Which, which I've got to say, like, it's quite odd. <laughs> like, <laughs> why did he do that? Well, I, I mean, Mike Ashley had point... been in charge for quite a long time, or uh, mm. the owner for quite a long time. So, I mean, surely... I... I Rafa's think Benitez's let himself down point, there a little bit in terms of research. Benitez's point at the time was all about the potential of the club and he could see how big it could be. I think he wrongly assumed that he would have backed himself to make a profit on any signings he made and actually handle the business side well enough that that would appease Mike Ashley. I don't think he realised just how terrible an owner Ashley is. And you've also got to bear in mind that the two transfer windows that preceded Rafa Benitez joining Newcastle United, we just spent, you know, 80 million quid on Mitrovic and Wijnaldum. And then we then we brought in Shelby and Townsend. And, you know, we spent a lot of money 
um, in that in that season. So maybe Benitez looked at how much True, he's yeah. been spent and thought, you know what? Maybe he's learned his lesson. Maybe he's going to, you know, and then. And also, we are a, we are a we're a massive club, but we're a, we're a big project. We you know we're one of the few clubs that you could make a, a reasonable case for breaking into the top seven, six or seven clubs in the Premier League, based on you know the the size of the the fan base and the global footprint that we've got. And the are we a sleeping giant or a dead giant? I think we're currently a. Um... We're on a life life support, life support giant. giant. Yeah, we're a life support giant. Yeah, absolutely. We're a vegetable. <laughs> we're a vegetable giant. <laughs> With a green giant, jolly green giant. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, um, it yeah, it was just staggering. And what was what was actually interesting is that you saw a flood of respected, neutral journalists, pundits, football commentators, all coming out of the woodwork and saying. Right, I don't know what the fuck these two were talking about. That's mental, and that was nice to see because it, they could quite easily, if like Talksport could have jumped on the bandwagon, and bizarrely for them, they didn't. They actually went against those two, and you know, the Mirror or the Sun could have lumped onto it, but they didn't. They all they all seemed to close ranks on those two and say, "You don't know what they're fucking talking about." And interestingly, Rio Ferdinand, Collymore, go on. Sorry, I was just going to say, Stan Collymore put a tweet out, which alluded to perhaps some debts that um that uh some gambling debts might be the reason why these two people have uh you know spoken yeah, out this is Stan, a rumor that Stan always does the rounds though isn't it there was that with Pardew as well so the only reason he was manager is because he had gambling debts with Derek Lambais it's like shagging the manager's daughter hmm. two... I think it's you I think you go down a very dodgy. I think you're going down a very dodgy road if you start to uh, to take Stan Collymore seriously on any rumours. No, that's fair. That's fair. But I, I heard I don't want to be, Richard like, whatever Keys. Whatever the argument is, I don't want to be on the same side as Stan Collymore. Yeah, yeah. I think Richard Keys, from what I heard, has gambling debts with Mike Ashley's daughter. Rio Ferdinand. I checked just before. Uh, you called Rio Ferdinand just tweeted um, a load of fishing emojis. Mm. So suggesting, ha ha, I was trolling. Ah, I've caught <laughs> loads this weekend. Like, what? Why? Why did you do that? Is he <laughs> saying like he was? Credible. Is he saying he was doing that as a pundit? Like, I think it's a it's a new thing that people do when they're caught out being a knob they go ah ha 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 oh. i was fishing and now you've all called me a knob i've won wow. yeah <laughs> and for a, you know for a, a some no mark on twitter who wants to get attention i mean do what you like but you but rio ferdinand's a respected pundit he's getting i've always quite liked rio ferdinand yeah yeah this is my thing. I don't understand why why he take that position. And if I'm honest, I think he's putting out that those fishing things because everybody else has closed ranks on him and said you're talking shit. Um, I think yeah. that's why he's put out those fishing just to kind of go. No, I was only kidding, lads. No. I think there is. Yeah. If you look at his record, there is one sort of answer. I know this sounds like a bit of a conspiracy theory, but if you look at what Ferdinand's done in the past, one thing that could help explain it is he's incredibly thick. 
<laughs> I think that that's probably what, like he looks like a Labrador. You, you can almost see the the rabbits controlling the gears in his head. I just think he's quite stupid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I agree that he's stupid. I also think that the reason he was defending Mike Astley is because he's got a, a business. Um, he's got business dealings with Sports Direct. Yeah. I think, and then and then when he's you know been challenged on it, he's doubled down. And then when he's doubled down, it still hasn't gone his way. So now he's back and you know he's backtracking and saying I was only fishing for you. Well, well, we yeah. we've all been the same with Watney's Pale Ale. We've defended them to the hilt. So I think it's really and we'll continue to do so. Of course. Oh, uh-huh. I suppose the I main thing about this. I'm... Sorry, carry on. Fergus. Go on. Well, I'm sipping on one right now. They have it in Canada. In yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wall to wall. What needs here? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose what we've illustrated and Twitter illustrated is that the Rio Ferdinand and Richard Key stuff did detract from what was, I think, a better game of football than we were expecting. And we'll talk about that after these messages. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome back to the Newcastle Natter after those wonderful messages. Hi guys. Hi. Oh, hi Paul. Oh, hi. So... Chelsea to Newcastle one. Who would like to go first, Dave? Why not you? Um, I, I think to be honest, you could see that I mean, it's just started at a the difference in quality. I mean, if if it weren't for Willian's superb finish, which we might talk about in a minute, um, it would have finished one one because we were set up in a way that that gave us a decent chance of of pulling off a really unlikely uh, draw. Because, I mean, you've got to bear in mind we had Longstaff and Hayden in the centre of the park. One was making his Premier League debut and the other looks like he's going to be out the club soon and he hasn't really, you know, talked, you know pulled up any trees while he's been here. Yeah, it's and hard to remember against... a weaker starting midfield partnership for us in the Premier League. The only one I can think of, and it was years ago, it was against Arsenal, and it was Jamie McLenn and Clarence Acuna. Oh, yeah, that probably trumps it, I think. That, that's, <laughs> that's pretty bad. Yeah. I was I was thinking um, this morning, would Vernon Anita get in our team at the minute? I think possibly. What, to, like the last game, 100% yeah. Vernon Anita would have been in the, the side ahead of either Hayden or Longstaff. Definitely. Which gradation of Vernon? Yeah. Oh, not not now. Like not currently. When he Anita. played for us, I think there's a lot of players yeah. who we've derided as terrible. Who, if they were still in that form now, would get in. People like Gabriel Obertan or Johan Gufran. Johan Gufran probably get yeah. a game. Mitrovic maybe. Just... Danny Guthrie. He'd probably have started at the weekend. Dan- Aaron Ambrose. Dan, yeah. Dan Gosling. Oof. Dan Gosling certainly would have done. Yeah. I'll tell you who wouldn't, though. Any of our old centre-backs, because we now seem to have five very good centre-backs. Mm. Our fifth-choice one... Really our, good. Yeah, Lejeune looked amazing on his comeback. I think he didn't really look like he's been out for particularly long. I think he's probably our... Well, apart from Rondon, probably our first name on the team sheet at the minute. Lejeune's one of those um, footballers who just doesn't look like a footballer to me. 
Yeah. He looks like a music teacher. He sort of looks like he's on holiday. Yeah, that's how I was. Yeah, like a music teacher on holiday, like yeah. a back, like back, backpacking around Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought he looked really good. And uh, I, I, what did you think of Longstaff's performance? Because I thought that's not bad performance for for a kid making his debut against, you know. I thought he was okay. I, to be honest, I didn't really notice him until we were chasing the game a bit more, and he actually started playing some decent balls out to the wings. I think mm. at least you compare him to Hayden, who seems physically incapable of moving the ball forward. He at least looked. Yeah. He looked to come into it a bit. It was, I don't think he played particularly badly, but he looked like he got over the occasion quite quickly. As I say, I did keep on nodding in and out of consciousness, but um, uh, the stats show that he did a lot of running, Longstar, which is always a tick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at least it shows effort, and it looks like you can sort of you can thread a pass a bit. Yeah, it looks like you can. It's he's quite good at passing. Well, I think as well. well he hasn't got that block that a lot of our players seem to have, whether it's just they've been in our team too long, where they get the ball and just are afraid of losing it, so turn back and play it to the centre-backs or Dubravka. He's not had that drilled into him yet. No, and he did, like according to who scored, of the 24 passes that he made, 21 were accurate. That's not so too bad. It's not, it's not too shabby when you... Again, I, I mean, he's just a young lad. I, th- I think that was a, a good performance, and certainly, play- so I would certainly say that he's ahead of Hayden in the pecking yeah. order now. On the last couple of um, performances, definitely pick him ahead of Hayden, and he'll probably start in the centre of the park against uh, Blackburn, who we face uh, tomorrow night. Yes, tomorrow night. Yeah, Tuesday, tomorrow night. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, so maybe tonight when you're listening to it. But you, I think he's. I mean, he's not he's not great. I, I, he's not one of these players where I'm going to ping uh, the future survival on, hopes on, but I think he's he's decent. I certainly would prefer him to be on the bench to take over from Diame Key or, or, or Shelby rather than Hayden, who yeah. can, frankly can, the sooner he's out of the club, the better. Yeah, I agree. I, I hadn't noticed this sudden like turnaround on Hayden. I know he was never like a fan favourite, but like a year ago... He was considered like a decent squad player, wasn't he? He would. I'd... Is it because he's made comments recently that everyone hates him? Well, he's wanted to leave for the last two transfer windows. I think it's sort of, in a way. I think he's a bit of a victim of how badly run the club is. That he should have been sold as soon as he wanted to go because he wants to go for personal reasons and be near yeah. his family. So just don't keep him here. But I think Rafa won't let him go until there's another midfielder in because, quite rightly, he doesn't trust the board to effectively bring someone in. Yeah. Um, and speaking of uh, transfers coming and going, just very briefly, is uh, West Ham are apparently interested in John Joe Shelby for about 10 million quid. And, you know, it's a, it sounds like it's serious interest, but we would be insane yeah. to sell John Joe Shelby for a pittance of 10 million quid to a team in the Premier League. that That's just insane. We, sh- we shouldn't... Well, especially with our um, the numbers that we have in central midfield at the moment. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if we were, you know, all the, the contracts have been signed and we were just waiting for, for 
a central midfielder of of better quality than Shelby coming in, then then maybe. But no, not not if we're going to be short in the centre of the park, which we currently are. Yeah, it would be a baffling move, but then we've we're quite good at those. Yeah. That's the problem. You sort of the transfer window is a two-edged sword for us that you're desperate for it to keep going on so that we might sign someone even though you know we won't and desperate mm. for it to close so we don't sell any first-team players. Yeah. And speaking of um, first-team players, Kieran Clark. <laughs> Actually, let's start with the Chelsea first goal. I mean, it was fairly poor defending. It was hard to tell whether Dummett or Clark were sort of out of position as it came uh, through, but it looked a little too easy. Yeah, I I blamed Clark for it, and then he redeemed himself. But um, and not just with the goal, but I think his play improved as the game went on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I blamed Clark for that. It is staggering to think that Kieran Clark is our probably fifth best centre back, and is our second highest scorer this season. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, if you look at the if you look at the side that we we fielded against Chelsea. I mean, like Yedlin, Lascelles, Clark, Richie, Perez, Hayden, Atsu, all of them were in our championship season. Yeah. It's mental that we're, you know, two seasons on now and we've still got that that group of players. It's, oh, it's, it's insane. I don't trust the revenue to be spent, but if we're going to move someone on to get a midfielder in or a striker, it wouldn't make enough to uh, to pay for it, uh, their entire asking price. But well, I think, the, I think that's Kieran, when... I was going to say Kieran Clark could be, if he's our fifth choice centre-back, and mm. I assume he still has some value, we can probably yeah. afford to lose a, a, a centre-back. Can't wait to, to try and uh, bring up the numbers somewhere else. It sort of how depends you... on how we play, I guess. Because if we play three centre-backs like we have recently, although I suppose then Dummett can even come across. I just think if we're going for players and we've not quite got the money to get them over the line, that's where the manager has to get his wallet out and make up the shortfall. <laughs> well, this is what he's got to do. Yeah. I just don't understand why Rafford doesn't it. do that. I mean, a, a risky, perhaps, but if we were looking to get a lot of money into the club I'd say our most saleable asset is Jamal Lascelles and given his form and our strength at the back I'd be alright with selling him for you know 30 million plus which I believe I argued this a few months ago Dave and you and Fergus talked me down what's happened I think I think right now I think right now I, I, I completely see the sense behind it but like, there's two main things. One, history tells us that that money wouldn't be spent. Yeah, and true. I know I brought up the idea of selling centre backs. But two, he's he is a leader, or at least he looks like it from the outside. And in the fight that we're in, yeah, that's selling that. the selling the captain right now. I mean, maybe in the summer, but selling the yeah. captain in the January transfer window. When you're in the relegation zone, it would yeah, be an I mean, odd move. Yeah, I think let's wrap up on that game quickly. I think Clark's header was amazing. Uh, lovely, lovely, great delivery from Richie. Yeah, 
which is doubly frustrating when you did you see the corner at the end yeah 2-1 Chasey you get a corner in the last minute we've already scored from one and we just go short and waste it that's yeah it that was so uh, that was so annoying here's the angriest I've been at the corner <laughs> on the commentary that we had over here they'd been going on all game about what great delivery Matt Ritchie had from set pieces yeah <laughs> and then they just completely wasted it to give it to Christian Atsu yeah so um, one one final thing on that I was just going to say that um, Perez had uh, another game where he got into good opportunity good spaces good positions had good opportunities couldn't put them away and that's that's so frustrating when you saw how much of a difference he made when he came on against the the FA Cup game against Blackburn. Yeah. Because he looked a cut above them and then he just doesn't look up to Premier League standard, which yeah. is a real shame. I think you get that yeah. extra half second on the ball against a championship club, which is why he seems a lot better there. And speaking and of Blackburn... Can I just... Oh, oh go on. Can, can I just quickly put Kieran Clark into the same category as Matt Ritchie? in that he is a man who really looks like he's from the country he plays for, Ireland, yeah. but doesn't have the accent. Yeah. Doesn't have the accent. She's like, yeah, yeah he's, another, he's another case of, oh, yeah, 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 Irish. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that's me. <laughs> he shouldn't be Andy Townsend school of being Irish. Yeah, but he really looks Irish. Yeah. Kieran For a second well. there, I thought you meant Andros Townsend, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Andy Townsend. Uh, Sorry. That's, yeah. Makes a lot more sense. Yeah, Kieran Clark would not okay. look out of place Sorry. in Westlife. That's how Irish he looks. No. Yeah, he looks, he's the full Irish. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Paul. Blackburn. No, I think, yeah, Blackburn in the Cup on Tuesday. There's no way we're going to put out a strong team, but who. No, Benitez has said that he's, he's not going to. Who would you pick? Would there be anyone who start? Well, do we have two midfielders to start this game? Two central midfielders. It'll be Hayden and Longstaff again. God, there isn't anyone from the academy from for, for central midfield, is there? There really isn't, other than Longstaff. I mean, we no, do I have players like Cher and Lejeune who could maybe do a job in centre. Yeah, I'd like to I, see this. Go on. Um, no, I was, just, I was very quickly going to say if you've got if you've got players who are good, like Premier League good in their position, don't push them into uh, a midfield or or out wide or anything like that. Let them be good in their position and let the the lower league try and get past a good central defender rather than putting a good central defender in midfield because if he he won't be as good as even Lejeune won't even be as good as Hayden. Yeah, in that position, so no. Probably I'd like to there. see uh, Sorensen get some time in this game. Yeah, the, same here. Game, but I'd, so, yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised if Hosselu doesn't start this game. Well, sure. I'd maybe not start, but like to come on from the bench yeah. and get 20 minutes. I mean, I, it doesn't seem like a big risk because we're going to be playing a weekend side. We apparently don't really care about cup competitions anyway. Yeah. But if he were to come on, and score a goal. It's probably unlikely, but if he were to do that, then maybe you've maybe he surprises you, and you've got another option of someone that could be on the bench in a Premier League game. Considering yeah. that we have no one that you're confident will come on and score a goal at the moment, 
I think I'd like to Having see him. It. I think Benitez's worry is that he's not he's not at the level yet or not close. I think his performance against Sunderland sort of showed that was a League One level opposition and that looked sort of his ceiling at the moment. So it might just be considered too soon, but then we've not got a huge amount of options. So I do agree. But he's a, he's a, yeah, he's a striker. I mean, he can't be a worse finisher than Hosselin. Well, this is the problem though. You say yeah, that. I, I would also say that he might well be. I was just going to, I was going to say that yes, uh, Sunderland, he looked like off, he looked easily muscled off the ball and, and he, he went missing for, for great spells of the game. But stick him in a cup game with players of better quality around him in like the last 20 yeah. minutes, last, you know, then, then maybe he can have a, a moment to shine. And while I don't think that necessarily that will launch him into the discussion between him or Hosselu, it will obviously be Hosselu. Um, it, it just gives him a bit of confidence. I'd, I'd quite happily, what, what it does sound like is the young lad, Cal Roberts, who um, he featured for the first team uh, like a year ago, maybe two years, uh, 18 months that ago. That feels like about three years ago yeah. when he featured for <laughs> But he's he's apparently in the, um, you know, in the squad. Uh, so we might see him starting, um, which will be weird when you consider you've got Murphy Atsu, Kennedy, um, who are all, Richie, who are all fit. Um, and... You know, Kennedy didn't feature at all against Chelsea, obviously. So I'd, I'd imagine that he'd start. Yeah. And um, so I'm surprised that Cal Roberts is being talked about in the squad because, well, he's a fucking winger. So why are we? It's just a bit strange, but you know. Um, I think we might be we'll looking see. for options that aren't Kennedy, based yeah. on his performances. So predictions for that game, quickly. One-one uh, them to win on penalties. Uh, Fergus. <laughs> uh. I think we'll lose it 2-1. Yeah, I think Yay. we'll lose 2-0, I'm going for. But we have a it's on much... telly here. I'm going to be able to watch it on a Tuesday afternoon. Nice. It's We've got a much telly, bigger game on Saturday, though. Cardiff. Are we at home against Cardiff or away? Yeah. I We're think the big, the big question for the Cardiff game, do we stick with this five or three at the back, whatever you call it? against a much weaker team at home, or do we actually have to go for it? Well, we spoke about the um, how well we'd been playing with uh, five at the back and how actually we seemed more positive, but we switched to four at the, like a 4-4-2, essentially, against West Ham and got pummeled. I'd stick with the horse that brung you. I would, I would go with the solid back line, hit them on the counter-attack, because Cardiff, Cardiff need to win this as much as we do, and... I don't know. I, don't know. I think like, Cardiff would take a draw, an away draw, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we really need this one. And I think Cardiff have have been better than most people said they were. Um, which I believe I said that they might be. Did you see Neil Warnock talking about Brexit this yes. week? Oh, God. But yes. he's not just arguing for leaving Europe, he's arguing for leaving the rest of the world. <laughs> He's just like sod the rest. He said sod the rest of the world, whatever the exact quote was. um, While sat in front of a visit Malaysia sign. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Um, he's actually like um, his Cardiff team. They've they've scored um, three more goals than us, but have conceded ten more than we have, and. So I'd fancy us to I fancy us to win this one. It's not going to be pretty, but it'll be one uh, nil to us. 
I think this is the sort of game where we do normally under Benitez find what we need when it's sort of crunch time of the season. There were a few like that last season where we suddenly did what needed to be done. I sort yeah. of agree. I think it'll be a, a horrible game. I think it depends as well on whether we have Diarme or Shelby near being back. Yeah. I'm going to go for 1-0 as well. I'm going to go, yeah, 1-0 to us. <laughs> oh, God. God. Bear in mind... We'll put them all together. That's 3-0. Yeah. If we if we win, we could get up. You know, we could uh, get... Uh, clear of the relegation zone. The the thing for, that we've got to you know take um, some degree of comfort from is that Fulham and Huddersfield look like they're beginning to be cut adrift. Like Huddersfield are already seven points beyond, like below us, and they're now um, managerless. I don't know if you've seen this has happened tonight. Oh yeah, Poundland Klopp's gone. Yeah, but they usually get a um, they usually get a, a boost, don't they? Teams when the new manager comes in. I think they're going to. So they might get a boost. bit of a. Well, they're, yeah, they're probably down, aren't they? But they they might get a bit of a new manager boost. Yeah. And we've um, got a really difficult fixtures coming up, haven't we? Well, we've got Man yeah. City and then it's not too... I mean, we've we've just got, well, we've Liverpool, got Man Chelsea City. and Man U out the way. So I think it's... But, I mean, we've got Man City, Tottenham, then Wolves in, you know, in that run. And Tottenham's not an easy game, especially at Wembley. Um, Wolves... They look a decent outfit, and they look a lot better than us. Um, and but then after that, it's yeah, it's two home games against uh, teams in or around the relegation zone, an away trip to West Ham, home to Everton, and so on and so forth. I think yeah. I think we've got the opportunity against Cardiff to get three, and then Huddersfield and Burnley to to try and pick up some some wins. Hopefully, we'll have some new men in by then. Um, who can just add a bit of quality. If Raffer will put his hand in his pocket, Dave. Jesus. <laughs> can't expect the club to sign these players. Well, what's the point of being a manager? Yeah. If you're not prepared to put your money in your houses. Right, well, we should probably go on... Oh, there was one last thing I wanted to say. Did you, You're a big believer in XG, aren't you, Dave? Yeah. Did you see there's an XG table being done? based on oh, yeah. this part of the season, if all the games had gone the way of XG, Newcastle 20th in the league. Yeah. yeah. We, don't, so, we don't do very... No, we don't do not, well not making, XG. No, we're not making chances or taking them. Um, but and they're big parts good of Good recipe. <laughs> good recipe. <laughs> um, uh, right. Well, I think that's that's pretty much everything, isn't it? It's been so nice to talk to you guys. <laughs> it, it's been very good to have you back. This is the first conversation I've had for two months. <laughs> <laughs> it shows. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you very much to you, Dave Watson. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Fergus Craig. Thank you. And thank you to you, the Natter listeners. And, yeah, see you next week. Thank you, bye. Bye. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.